Hello, everybody. You're listening to the Rude Horror Podcast. I'm Marcus Rude, and today's guests are B.A. Lewandowski. He is a returning guest, and he is a director-editor and uh, newcomer to the podcast, Kevin Lockhart, which is a writer and producer. What's going on, guys? Hey, how's it going? Pretty good, pretty good. So am I like the first, am I the first returning guest? Um, I don't actually, think that I am. Actually, I think um, Wyatt Weed is. Good name. He, yeah, kind of, kind of. The name kind of fits with this uh, episode today. Yes, but, it does. Uh, <laughs> yeah, it certainly does. Should have had him on again. <laughs> right. Well, uh, if you guys don't know who he is, he uh, he played the boar predator in Predator Two, oh. and uh, has worked on a, a lot of. Uh, of uh, films within the horror genre he's worked on like uh some Stuart gordon films like fortress um lurking fear which is not a Stuart gordon film but uh it's close to castle freak but um it, you know just a bunch of other stuff like uh lord of illusions uh, clive barker oh yeah i've seen that yeah yeah he's, he's worked on a lot of like early 90s uh like full moon type stuff which is pretty rad but uh, but yeah, I think he was like the first returning guest, um, and then I I've had another returning guest. Uh, Sorry, um, Ben. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hey, but hey, but uh, you I think you're third, so three three times a, ch- a charm, I guess. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so so today we're gonna kind of do a more in depth conversation with uh, High on the Hog. And skeletons in the closet. Uh, I've had Ben on the show before, and we've we've kind of we've talked about those films, but not really like in depth per se, because I think at the time I hadn't really watched them. So <laughs> my bad. But now I have seen them, so I can maybe start asking some questions about that. Um, but I think today, or not today, but I think now we'll we'll uh, talk about High on the Hog. Everything you wanted to know about High in the Hog, but was afraid to ask. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess so. I guess. So. <laughs> well, I mean, do you guys want to just dive into High in the Hog, or do you guys want to talk about sure. something else? No, I'm fine with that. Um, what do you want to know? I mean, I can start from what started the whole thing to just give you the highlights of everything. I don't know. Uh, I I have ne- I had before Hog. I had never even considered making a film before. Um, for my, for me, this process started in about 2007. You know, I had uh, always into business, always doing stuff, but I had been a writer. I'd been a, you know, I'd been involved with some local television, some friends of mine who did, you know, some comedy uh, cable TV shows. And we were all sitting around partying one night and, they said something about always wanting to do a film. And I said, well, if I wrote a script, would you guys make it? And they said, yeah. And that's how it started. So went from there. It started with those guys. And, and Hog, you, you, Hog and Ben, you can jump in with this anytime you want. But Hog is an interesting film, I, I think. And because it had so many issues to getting it done. I mean, 
if you think in terms of, I started writing it in 2007. We didn't start really shooting it until 2012. We reshot stuff again in what, 2016, Ben? Yeah, summer. You know, and then it didn't come out until 2019. Mm. So, I mean, it had a lot of stops and starts. And, you know, I started with one crew, my local guys, with a idea of a $30,000 budget. <laughs> um, yeah, thanks, Ben. Came in with a second group uh, a few years later because we'd actually gone through the process and cast people. And one of the people that we had casted before it all came crashing to the ground and we didn't even shoot um, came back to me and said, are you still interested in making this film? And I said, sure. And she said, okay, need to need about a hundred thousand dollars to make it. I'm like, oh, geez. So went about the process of doing that only to find out later that that hundred thousand dollars was only to shoot the film. It wasn't for post. Oh my gosh. Um, and I, I was a rookie. I didn't know anything at that point. I was just learning. I mean, I knew finance and I knew budget and I know marketing and I know sales and all that stuff. But man, I did not know post-production costs. So, yeah, so it was um, quite the process. Once we, you know, this same person was involved in, in introducing me to Sid and Sid's agent. And we got uh, uh, Sid on board. Um working through his agent and got you know thanks to a good our good friend bob farster out in the galena area you know we were he was instrumental in getting us joe estevez and getting us uh bobby zadar involved in the film um and and he provided all the locations and everything for us he was uh, uh one of the producers listed in the film so he but he was instrumental in getting a lot of the locations and everything else done so um the film had problems from the start. I, jump in anytime if you guys got questions. <laughs> I could just sit here and talk for hours. I didn't. Oh yeah, so this is cool. Shut up. <laughs> um, I, I do have a, a question. Like, sure. uh, so you know, you're you're the writer of this film as well. Mm-hmm. Um, when when you're writing the parts for uh, these characters, did you have the actors in mind when you wrote these, or or did these uh, actors just sort of like? came as a surprise of, of getting on the movie? You know, no, I did not write them for these actors. Um, I We did for the reshoots, if that helps. Did, but. Yes, when we, we did reshoots, and that's still part of that whole story here. But yeah, I mean, we when I wrote it, I wrote it because I grew up in a farm town, and I knew some characters that were like these people. Um not exactly and i I don't want to pretend to say that you know i knew a guy who was like sid and he was violent and he was crazy and yet he was a great loving family man i I, i'm not going to say that but he was kind of patterned after you know the good parts about him and the fact that he was a pig farmer and had a small farm and was trying to save his family farm were patterned after people i know and his character was really kind of patterned after my grandpa and my mom's side of the family who owned a pig farm that I grew up on um, in my little farm town called Greenview in Illinois. So, um, yes, I mean, I, I did pattern it after people, but it wasn't wasn't written for those actors. I did, I never would have dreamed 
about Sid. In fact, the first time I really got to know Sid was after I cast him for the movie, after he got, got signed his agreement that he was coming on. Then I was like, holy crap, this guy's done a lot of stuff. <laughs> then I started recognizing him because I was a huge fan of Mary Hartman, Mary Hartman back in the 70s. I was a big Star Trek fan back in the 60s. Man, that was a, that was a good show. Did you watch yes. Jason and Star Command, too? You know, I didn't. I was not. I have now watched it since, but I was not a Jason of Star Command fan. Uh, Mary Hartman, uh, I saw, I mean, I remember Sid from the Batman series, the original Batman series. Um, of course, Diamonds Are Forever. I mean, I, I, I remembered him from that. Um, didn't, but I didn't put two and two together until after we had signed the contract. So it just turned out to be great, you know. Uh, but the first time I ever met him was when I picked him up at the airport and, and drove him on to pick him up at O'Hare Airport and then had to drive him three hours or two hours out to our film location. So he uh, he was a little surprised about that. And we stopped for dinner. And I give Sid credit to this day for introducing me to fried pickles. I'd never had fried pickles in my life. And we stopped at this little restaurant on the side of the road. And he said, hey, they got fried pickles on the menu. You ever had them? I go, nope. He goes, all right, we're having fried pickles. I'm like, all right, whatever you want. So, <laughs> a weird Sid story, one of many. So, nice. Um, so, like, what about like uh, Bobby Zadar and mm -hmm. uh, Joe Estevez? Like, those were just sort of like actors that came later as far as writing the story, or was that part of uh, the rewriting process when they no. came on board? No, they were all part of the the original script, and and I again I didn't write it for them. Uh, Bobby's character was was a was a good position to put him. We knew we wanted a mayor. We knew we wanted someone, you know, who was kind of imposing, and he fit. But I got to tell you, the the guy that impressed me still to this day the most, and his ability to do it was Joe Estevez. I mean, Joe. Joe was amazing, I thought, in his role. And Ben and I have talked about this often. I, I would argue that this was Joe's best role that he ever had, or that his best job of acting, at least, that he ever had. I don't, I don't disagree. And you know what's funny? The first version of this movie, I fucking hated his character. I, hate, I hated it, remember? It's the first thing I yep. told you. Like, yep. I, I, we got to do something about this. He's, he was terrible. I don't know... Why? I don't know what was working against him, but man. But yeah, you're totally right. Now he he almost takes center stage. I mean, he almost takes the, the rug right, right under from, from Sid's feet. Well, and you know, Ben, as well as I do, it wasn't as much of his acting because we didn't reshoot anything. No. It's how it was, it was how it was, the story was put together. I mean, um, Marks, I'll tell you that the biggest this and this was on me but when this movie got done when this movie was getting shot there was a lot of stuff going on in my life on a personal basis i was going through to i mean and all this happened two weeks prior to shooting i was going through a divorce my mom had a stroke i had an aunt who i was very very close to that passed away i mean a lot of shit hit me in like two weeks right before we were shooting and oh my gosh i was and it was like well i'm not stopping the shooting so we go forward into it, and I was kind of 
I was doing producer things. You know, I was making sure the contracts were done. I was making sure people were getting fed and paid and everything else. And then we had a problem with one of our main people in the production um, walked off set and quit. And then we had to figure out five days into shooting, what were you going to do? You know, we had to bring in the, the, the two things we did. We had to bring a new actress. And in, in order to get things back on track and to get some help for, you know, our director and our other people involved, we brought in an assistant director and and Ace was the man. He took control of the set. He made sure that people listened. He made sure that things got done and got done on time. He he, he helped bring it back in line. The other thing that helped after all that thing, all that crap happened was I had to go back and talk to Sid and I, we renegotiated, I renegotiated a deal with Sid and his agent where Sid would stay on longer in return. Um, Sid would get a producer credit. Sid would get um, some additional pay, but most importantly to Sid was Sid got to have his name on the top of the film. It said Sid Haig in High on the Hog. It was the mm-hmm. first movie ever, and the, I think the only movie ever that Sid had that said Sid Haig in High on the Hog. Oh, so wow. that was a big deal. It was a big deal for Sid, and it was a big deal for the film. When he asked for it, I'm like, uh, let me think about that. No. I said, yeah, sure, let's do it. I think it's great, <laughs> you know? Heck yeah, so, so it worked out well. But as Ben alluded to, I mean, we had, we've had two versions of the film. And with all that stuff that was going on, you know, I kind of let go of the film and, and put it in the hands of some other folks. And, you know, it, it just didn't turn out the way that, that I wanted it to. It was not the Grindhouse movie that I wanted. It was not, you know, the crazy, you know, the stuff that you expect from a Grindhouse type movie. It just wasn't that. And so after finishing the movie two years later, you know, in 2014, I think, um, Ben came on board. And uh, Ben sold me a bill of goods. Um, Yeah, I saw... I sold you uh what five thousand dollars in upgrades. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. So about a hundred thousand dollars later, um, the film came <laughs> out in uh, two thousand eighteen or nineteen. We finished it. Now it was probably about a hundred thousand dollars more even after that. So this was not an inexpensive I was, movie. I was close. Yeah, you were. You were. You were on it. You were within, you know, a couple thousand percent. Um, <laughs> he, he, but Ben. But Ben was the man i mean ben is you know i and i would say this whether he was on with us or not trust me um (laughs) what the film wasn't in 2014 um thanks to ben it became the film that it is now um i i said after that i was going to be more directly involved Uh, ben and i literally spoke for hundreds of hours on the phone um, sharing and talking and this is my vision and this is what I want. And then we went back and we had to get, we got 
you know, a lot of the original crew involved um, for some reshoots in 2016. And, and most importantly, we got, you know, our cinematographer back on board. And I, to me, I felt he was the key because I wanted that continuity with the lighting and with some of the things that he did. And we came up with some, some good stuff. And um, thanks to some adding, you know, I, I will say one thing when, when the movie was done, the first version, when it was done, we watched it and looked at it and I shared it and I submitted it to a couple of film festivals, a few film festivals, and we mostly got rejected. And I talked to some distributors and they were like, we don't know how to market this thing. You know, we don't know if it's a drama. We don't know. We, we can't slot it. You know, and I'm like, I want it to, to be a grindhouse. It would have been a lot easier to slot this thing, especially with Sid as the star. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it, it, it's and I came back and I said, well, Ben, you know, here's some of the comments that I got. We need a little more violence if we can. We need a lot more nudity if we can, you know, and we need it to be a lot crazier. I mean, we just need it to be crazier. And Ben goes, okay, it'll cost you $5,000. I'm like, uh-huh. You're right. So, <laughs> it, it's always 5000 right? Yeah, $5,000. $5,000. <laughs> so, so we really shot it. And, and, and the key in that thing was bringing in Ellie. I mean, Ellie Church was involved and at that point um, brought her in as the DJ. The story needed to be told better. Just you know, that was part of the problem with the first one too, right? I mean, Ben, I, I, would you say that Joe wasn't that good in the first edit? I think it had to do with, you know, being able to tell the story and understand what the heck was going on too. You had too many, um, um, open ends. No, you had too many side dishes and you didn't have an entree. And I hate to say this, but Sid's not in the movie really that much when you think about it. So you take him out of the equation and really who's who's technically your lead when you think about it? It's it's in some ways Joe and he's the he's the goddamn antagonist. So yeah, I think right. I think that's I th- I think initially I just wanted to make a movie. It, I didn't even care what it was. I wanted to riff on, you know, Walter Hill's The Warriors. So it didn't matter what was coming down the chute. But once we got Hog, it's like, well, this is this makes perfect sense, and it literally did. It made it made perfect sense. So yeah, Ben and I, Ben and I showed our our different ages by his vision of it. You know, he wanted to talk about Warriors. I wanted to talk about Vanishing Point. You know, Vanishing Point was a movie back in the early '70s that had an impact on me. That also had a DJ that was talking to the 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 main character and and telling everybody what was going on. So. So yeah, so we have different views on that one, but they're yeah. cl- they're close. Oh, you know sure what I mean? Same era. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah. Cleavon Cleavon. Little was mine though. He's a lot He's cooler. A <laughs> yeah, I was gonna say like I've I've seen the Warriors. I haven't seen Vanishing Point, so I I could definitely kind of see um, some nods to the Warriors with the whole DJ thing. I thought that was pretty cool. Watch Vanishing Point sometimes. It's a it's not a great movie but it's a great it was a great drive-in movie you know where you had a guy riding around in the desert trying to avoid the cops and he i think it was a white challenger i think it was a white challenger he was driving and he runs into a bunch of weird characters in that process 
while hmm. Cleavon Little, the DJ, is telling him where to go and where not to go. Barry so. Newman was in that. Barry Newman, he was the star, right? He Barry was the Newman. The challenge. Um, who is the who is the female lead? Charlotte Rampling. She was oh, good. Hey, you're better than you're better at this stuff than I am. I'm too old to remember stuff. <laughs> I just remember going to see it. That's all. I was too young to see it. It was rated R. I think it was a double feature with that and Celebration at Big Sur, which was nothing but a people bunch of people going to a concert, getting naked and dancing around. So. Hippie. Nice. <laughs> I mean, he's right. That is what that is. <laughs> oh, you seen it? Oh my god. Oh yeah, I saw that in film school. I mean, that's a celebration. You know, it's in the Easy Rider bend. You know, yeah. Woodstock. Yep. Oh yeah, definitely like Woodstock. In fact, I may have seen those movies back to back with the the original Woodstock, the the documentary. Wow. Yeah, that was Something. a while ago. So, as it relates to Hug, like I said, Ben is the guy who put it together. I mean, you know, my my vision for this, this was supposed to be such a dirty, grimy, crazy-ass movie. And it, it when it started, when my, if you were to read my original script, you, it wouldn't be recognizable probably in the movie and definitely not in the first version of the movie it's a lot closer in the second version of the movie um and part of it was because when we first cast it the first time a lot of people were like man this is too crazy i don't i don't know that i want to do this stuff you know and i guess maybe i was just looking at the wrong actors at the first go around but second go around we did a lot better i mean we got some really good people involved i mean Fiona was great and Brenda was great and Sierra has been a great help and supporter. You know, I've just been, I've been extremely happy and proud and, and Katrina who came on five days after shooting, you know, she just, and she remains a good friend to this day. I mean, she's just, you know, one of those people that, you know, you, you, you put yourself in that position where you're walking onto the set a week after it started you know, and months and months and months after other people have known about it and learned their lines or been involved in understanding what was going to happen. And she just had to walk on and start doing her thing. So, you know, pretty impressive, you know, kind of like Ace having to come on and take control. So um, some good stuff. But, you know, it, it got done. And that big fear after that, that big, you know, the big issue with the person leaving, you know, it got done. You know, thanks to Sid staying on, thanks to some extra effort by people, you know, and 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 they everybody kind of got together and did become a family and did become, you know, like, hey, we're going to show everybody we can get this thing done and we can make this. And we did, you know, and it took time then to go back and reshoot and do some additional stuff. But um, I'm pretty proud of where the movie is, you know. I'm yeah, really proud I've... of it. I I uh I really thought it it had a grindhouse feel to it and I really liked how fast paced everything was like it wasn't like a slow burn type movie you know right. like the excitement just kind of kept jumping and jumping from scene to scene and and I liked it you know it it really uh kept my interest in the film the worst and, thing you could say to Ben is that it was boring if you said to Ben it was boring he'd be crying the rest of the night <laughs> no, it's, true. it's <laughs> no, it's far from boring. It's, 
it, that's uh, one thing you said, right, Ben? Don't ever, I, nobody will be able to say it's boring. Just don't want to be boring, yeah. Yeah. I don't care yeah. if it's the worst movie ever, as long as it's not boring. Yeah, we, um, I still think, and, and you guys tell me what the definition of a, of a, you know, a cult classic is, but I'm going to tell you, I don't, we're, I mean, we're a year and a half old. We haven't released, you know, not even that long ago. And I think over time, I think this thing will develop a following. You know, it's got a lot going for it. It's got Sid, you know, in in one of his last great films where he's actually the lead and the star and, the you know, the lead title character for sure. It's got weed which has gone from being this terrible thing in society that we can't have anymore to now being legalized in in most places you know which makes it's going to be kind of funny from a cult classic standpoint you know the things that make a lot of the cult classics are things that people want to watch is wow that's how it was back in the old days you know sort of thing (laughs) right right Um, and i and i think the horror community and the film community as a whole will sit back and look at this thing and go, look at the people that are in it. Look at how, how well it is. And the key, I think there's a lot of hidden stuff in there. You know, I mean, it's stuff that if you watch and if you're a stoner, you know, I hope you have some stoners that listen, you know, listen to this (laughs) because if they're stoners, they got to watch this because you can watch this thing five times and not see everything that's in it. I guarantee you. You'll pick up something new every time. Not just because you're a stoner, but because there's that much stuff in it. I suppose if you're a big stoner, there's probably more stuff than uh, we added to it. (laughs) (laughs) Get high enough, I guess you can make up your own goddamn movie. This is true. It's, It's trippy already as it is, so I could only imagine it's... It's way more trippier if if you're on drugs watching this. I would challenge people to stop it in certain parts of the film and see if you can see some of Ben's little inserts into it. Hmm. You got to get lucky. (laughs) Ben don't want to talk about it. Some of them you got to get lucky. (laughs) Yeah. Well, yeah, it's got to be hard to find those few frames that he keeps that he's stuck in and some of those things. How many cuts in the movie, Ben? The movie total? Yeah. Like 4,000. What does Holy a normal crap. movie have? Um, anywhere from like eight to 1,200. Mm-hmm. So three or four times more than a normal movie. Holy shit. So. Yeah, holy shit that's is That's why right. you said there's a lot to see. <laughs> there is a lot to see. Trust me. Right. So, like, you know, you guys keep talking about there's two different versions of the movie. Um, will that will the first movie ever be brought to light, like in a in like say like a uh, limited edition with High and the Hog, or is that thing just gonna be locked in the vault forever? I hope not. <laughs> you know, I think it's possible, and that's why I said I think that there's a cult classic type of. Uh, potential for this thing you know i think if if 10 years down the road um and my distributor deal is run out and i'm uh, still alive i'll uh, i'll con- certainly consider doing a uh, a double feature of of both films to i'll have ed i'll have i'll have to have uh ben 
edit it again a little bit for me just to make sure that it's presentable. But no, no, no you got to keep it exactly like it is. I think we'd have to. We might have to adjust some of the music or something. But yeah, we'll we'll we we'll have to we'll have to see about that. <laughs> so I had bought the movie on Vudu. Okay. It, uh, so is the the one on Vudu? Is that the the second film? Yeah, like the yeah. final. Okay. We haven't released. Nobody has seen the the original the original edit. So except for the internal people. So um, right on. Yeah. So it's that's the film. That's the main film. That's everything. Now the Blu-ray has a lot of extra features on it. Has some uh, behind the scenes stuff. It has some. Uh, Sid uh, doing some coaching on uh, how to fix a bicycle, I think. And, uh, yeah, there's a, there's some interesting little things in our in the Blu-ray, so oh. I would encourage people uh, if they're interested to go to highinthehogamovie.com and and uh, watch it and look for that amongst all the other stuff that we have hog related. Um, we uh, I, and that's the other part about it is you know we've got you know we've got Blu-rays out there they're I think you can find some DVDs. Um, if you really need a DVD, they're out there somewhere. Uh, but I am only selling the Blu-rays, Blu-rays and related paraphernalia. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Just leave it as that. Right. <laughs> yeah. We got a couple of cool shirts. One of them has Sid's picture on it. So, uh, from the scene of the movie and we have some very cool artwork that, uh, I had my, one of my tattoo artist friends, uh, did some really good good artwork for us, and and uh, we've got we've got those out there as well. So um, I nice. think that I think that and and I will say this is the thing, you know I don't I don't talk about it a lot, but high and I haven't talked about it for a while, but high on the hog the movie dot com, and we've got autographed Sid stuff, and that's those that's that artwork. So anybody who doesn't have Sid autographs and is looking for a Sid autograph on something, um, you know, this, this, um, the artwork that we have available, um, two scenes from the movie, that's, uh, we got some versions of that, uh, which are, which were signed by Sid. So, uh, Nate Bjork, just so you, I'm sorry, I should have said his name, but Nate Bjork is the artist and, and Nate's known amongst a lot of the community, especially the, um, I don't even know what to say. The body art or tattoo community—he's uh, known very. He's pretty well known in the community. So that's awesome, man. It's definitely cool to you know that there's some some Sid stuff out there. You know, if if people are really big fans of Sid, that you know, there's still some stuff out there that that uh, people can pick up. Yeah, there is, and I, and you know, Sid was always a great guy. I mean, Ben and I. Got to spend a lot of time with Sid. You know, I started in 2012, started going to shows with him right after we shot the movie. So I started going to shows with him and sitting at his table and, you know, helping him. That's where I met. That's where I met Kevin. Yep. He met me at a show that I was with Sid at and that we were actually showing the original trailer from the movie. And um, then, uh, you know, um, I got I, Ben came on, started hanging out with us. What about fifteen, maybe, and doing all these shows and and you know we were with Sid up until that last show that he did on his birthday or one of the last shows he did on his birthday in Kansas City. We were with him, and 
you know, we love the man. I mean, we, we spent a lot of time with him, had a lot of dinners with him. I sent, I can't tell you how many weekends sitting at the table with him, just talking and, you know, listening to stories and watching the genuine love of his fans, you know, and his love for the fans. That's trust me. It was a two way street. Wow. So like you get like, all right. So like talking like you and Ben, Mm-hmm. You guys uh, hadn't actually like seen each other in person until after the movie was made. Yeah, I was never. I never stepped one foot on that set, and it's probably good that I didn't. <laughs> Originally, the original shoot. Now Ben was involved intimately in the the pickup shots that we did, and there was some new scenes that we added after that original. All the Ellie stuff was added in 2016. Um, some of that strip club, the, the, the opening scene with the strippers and the guy, all the, all the tattoo inserts, all the tattoos inserts were there, all the, cards, inserts. the opening title sequence with the car. That's all brand new. Yep. And a lot mm-hmm. of the drug shots were all new. So we had a lot of new drug shots in there too. Right on. So like, uh, I don't, I don't know, I'm kind of jumping all over the place, but like, like so the the first cut of the movie did that mm-hmm. really did that feel like a grindhouse type no. movie no yeah no, that's why i said if hallmark did got a grindhouse um <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah no it didn't and and again like i said i i ben hates it when i do this but you know I do. this is my movie you know i it, people don't know it, and, and we have other production companies that are involved with it and, and on the sheet, but I own 100% of this movie. I am responsible 100% for this movie. The fact that it got done the first time, I'm thankful that it, it, was, it got shot. I'm thankful that it, we have the footage that we had. I'm thankful that we got it done. You know, But when it got done, it wasn't what I wanted, and that was my fault for not being there enough and leading it enough and being the, the guy in it enough. So that's after, after that, after we made that decision and after I looked at it, you know what? Now it's on me. I'm going to redo this thing. And if I'm going to spend another $5,000, right, Ben, uh, <laughs> I'm going to make sure it's right. Damn it. Yeah. And it's I, only 5,000. And, 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 and $5,000 after, after a hundred thousand dollars, it got done and, and it, and it is. It's 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 so much more of what I wanted than what originally it was, and and I'm happy. I'm I'm extremely happy with it. It was it was fun. It's a lot of fun in the movie. Not getting it done wasn't fun. I won't I won't ever I won't ever pretend that it was a lot of hard work. And and I'd be happy to teach a class to anybody on what not to do when making a movie. Um, but you know it it. it it's it's done and i'm i'm proud of it and you know i was i was proud to say that and ben can too that sid haig was a not just a guy that we worked with but a friend and someone that we had a lot of respect and and i have a lot of love had a lot of love for and and would have done anything for him so and did right a lot of things so tried to right yeah i uh you know obviously i don't I didn't know him like you guys did. Like I've met him one time at a convention, and he just seemed like a really super cool guy. 
and uh, really cared about his fans. Yeah, I mean, I I love seeing his work, and I thought he did a great job in this film. And uh, just overall, I I uh, was impressed with this film, and uh, it really feels like a grindhouse film. So I'm almost curious to see what the first version is like because. <laughs> You know, you know, just from hearing you guys talk and and uh, it, you know talking about how it's like almost like a completely different movie from the sounds of it. It's just and, a, uh, it's just a stripped down version. That's all it is. It's just uh, it's that the original version focuses on um, it's like a small town drama mystery. To be honest with you, that's what the first one is. You know, it's like just a, very like a crime drama. Type it's thing. just very very fucking tame. And I don't, I'm not saying that to be disrespectful. It's just fucking tame. You do not put Sid Haig in a quote, tame movie. Right. I agree and, with that. And, and here's the thing. Here's the thing. Remember when I was talking about Joe Estevez earlier? Yeah. It's so goddamn tame that I hated Joe Estevez in it because I'm thinking to myself, what the fuck is this guy doing in this? This is Joe Estevez. And he's like in an episode of, you know, Fucking Barney Miller and Sid is real tame and Bobby's real tame and everything is just fucking bland. So, you know, we decided to unbland the movie. Well, I'm glad you did. <laughs> I I did I don't think that anybody that watches this version of the movie can say that that it was tame or bland or anything. And I and I and what were your feelings about Joe Estevez's character, the the cop, I mean, the the lead detective. I mean, did you like him or did you hate him or did you not have any feelings about him? Um, well, okay, so like I, I liked him as an actor. I thought he did a really good job. Mm-hmm. And and like I know it's this isn't like a serious, serious film. So I mean I I could sort of see a little bit of the humor in some of his acting, obviously. <laughs> Absolutely. When did you when did you realize it wasn't a uh, a serious film? <laughs> well, <laughs> the first Sid's intro, Sid's intro, you're like, oh, this might be a serious drama, and that goes off the window real fucking fast. As soon as he walks into the strip club, right? Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Like, like the first, the first, literally 120 seconds, you're like, oh, look at this sweet, endearing drama. Very <laughs> grindhouse actor and horror icon. Sid Haig and yeah then we then we go crazy right he's just, he's just sitting on his porch and uh oh, yes yeah. just choking out of a pig you got bong it type thing uh-huh. is that like was that supposed to be like a hitter or like a bong it was supposed to be a bong okay yeah. it was it's funny it's an interesting story behind that too we we uh my my set person Sarah Engel actually found that pig online and we got that it was a ceramic i think it was a piggy bank at some point and i we converted it uh to a bong i mean (laughs) it was was literally a piggy bank you look at the pig itself and it's its eyes are are you know slit like it's stoned and it's got a goofy stoned up smile on it it looks like it's stoned. It's a stoned pig for crying out loud. It was yeah, perfect. that's true. <laughs> for sure. And the pig hey guys, and everything. Hey guys, keep going. I'm. I have to um, get oh, a refill. Yeah. 
I gotta refill. I gotta refill my Chardonnay. I'll be right back. Oh, All right. Lose him. <laughs> His Chardonnay. How can you? How can you take an editor seriously that drinks Chardonnay? I don't know. Uh, Especially a grindhouse editor. Although he drink, he he edits everything. So yeah. What yeah, else he, can he's I tell a... you about the film? Anything? I mean, I'm I'm like, I could go. I literally could go on for hours about what we did and my motivation and what was behind it and the problems we had. I mean, we had the stuff that happened on set was was some of the stuff was crazy. You know, before we even started shooting. Let me tell you this one. I'll tell you one one little story. Before we even started shooting, we had people cleaning up an area where we were going to, where we had our pigs that were going to be in the pig lot. You remember the scene where they're picking out the pig, and and Joe pulls up um, mm-hmm. in his in his in his truck. Yep, you know, yep, I remember. And, you know, and, and Sid says something. And he goes, "I, I, I just said to myself, that looks like a fucking dick." So that was <laughs> that's when he first met Agent Dick. Um, <laughs> That in that scene before we started shooting at all, we had to clean up that area, and it was at a farm out in the Galena area, Elizabeth area, and we had some guys that were doing it. They were raking up the area, burn the stuff up, and of course, everybody thought, okay, these guys know what they're doing. The other people knew what they were doing. They burned the stuff up. Well, guess what? That night, a wind picked up sparked up the fire again, sparks went flying and burned down a barn. Oh shit. So I was in the hole for a barn before we even started shooting the movie. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's Talk- the kind of stuff that when you're making a movie, you look at and you go, huh? Are you sure you weren't filming in 2020? <laughs> yeah. Well, <laughs> trust me, 2012 felt like 2020 to me. Oh man. It, yeah. As, like as much everything goes wrong said, this year. Oh my gosh. Well, that was <laughs> that was 2012 and trying to get this movie done. Trust me. There were so many hurdles and so many challenges and so many things that happened. But I got to tell you, I mean, it's it's hats off to the, the cast and the crew and everybody who who stepped up and you know, made sure that it got done. You know, it's right. it's, it's, it's no joke that it was a major major accomplishment just getting it shot. And getting it finished and getting it in the can, so to speak, so that you could, we actually could have what we have now. Because without do, finishing that in 2012, it would have never, I mean, we wouldn't have what we had now, even though we had right, I'm, stuff. I'm so. back. Sorry about that. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it would be irresponsible of me to conduct a podcast on this movie sober. So that that's absolutely true. I thought maybe you went outside to you know, smoke a bong or something. So. No, no, I just much more appropriate. Get my old man liquor, <laughs> old um, woman liquor if it's Chardonnay, right? I like dry, I like really, really dry, dry wines. Gotcha. Thought thought maybe you're uh, taking a hit on the pig or something. Uh huh. No, I did that before we started. <laughs> He'll have that pig just so you know. We're- I'm, Kevin's I'm, got it. Might have a surprise for everybody in a in a in a few months. We hope so. Oh, if nice. we ever get out of twenty twenty, we might have a surprise relating to the pig. So sweet. Um. So you know, you're talking about like Galena. Is it? Mm-hmm. Is that like Galena, Illinois? Or? Yes. Yes. I'm sorry. Okay. I should. Yeah. I'm from the Chicago area. I'm from the Chicago suburbs, and Ben's from 
just across the border into Wisconsin. And, and, uh, but yeah, most of our crew, almost all of our crew and, uh, other than a lot of the star, I shouldn't say that that's not totally true because Sid, and yeah, Joe, I'm not from, I'm not from Wisconsin. Yeah. Okay. All right. From Detroit. Yeah. He's originally what, what? from Detroit. Oh, shit. Sid and Joe and Fiona and a lot of the people came from out of state. So, but a lot of our people, a lot of our crew came from the Chicago area. So we had a very good, very good crew from Chicago. Right on. Yeah. Galena is such a beautiful place. Yeah. Yes. And like I said, Bob Farster is the guy that we had out there and he actually, I think the town is Elizabeth and Elizabeth is a little town that's not far from Galena. Anybody who drives to Galena from the Chicago area, has to drive through Elizabeth to get there to to get to Galena. So very cool. Well, next time yeah. I'm up there, I'm gonna see if I can uh, uh, see any familiar shots. Hey, uh, if you come up, let me know. I'm, I'm I love going out there. So I maybe introduce you to to Bobby, and we could go around and see all the places where we shot the movies. So yeah, right Kevin on. Kevin took me there two summers ago because I had never seen. I'd never seen the shooting location, and remember that Farster put oh, together yeah. that bizarre as fuck concert with, with um. Didn't he former, have? He had a former lead singer from Santana, and um, the guys yeah. from uh, um, uh, was it John? Is his name John Cafferty in the Beaver Brown Band? Is that yeah, John Cafferty who did music yep. for? Yep. 1986 Sylvester Stallone movie Cobra. Yeah, but yeah. the movie he was known for was really where they where that him and that band got famous was that that gosh now I can't think of the name of the movie. Um, Eddie. Eddie and the Eddie. Cruisers. Yes, thank you. So we yeah we got to meet we got to meet him and and uh, former lead singer from uh, Santana. So yeah. Yeah, that was Bobby. Bizarre. Bobby put on a nice little party. That was bizarre, it. wasn't it? His weird ass concert on the high in the hog lot. Yeah, we roasted. He roasted another pig, like we did in the movie. He had a pig what? roast and had some beer. And yeah, Bobby has some parties out there. I pretty much does it every year. I think so. That's incredible. Yep. Yeah, I live like oh about an hour away, really? give or take like hour hour fifteen minutes. Where do you? Galena. Where do you live, Marcus? Uh, the Quad Cities. Okay. Oh, you're close. Reasonably. We're just going to be in the Quad Cities for a horror festival that got canceled in a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, Midwest Monster Fest. Yeah, yep. that's the one. That's the one. Yep. That was going to be a good show, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, tons of, tons of awesome uh, guests were supposed to be on there. Well, it sounds like a lot of them are going to be back for next year, so that's a good thing. Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good friends with the guy that runs it and we've, I, we became, I should say we be, we've become good friends over a while. If you noticed, he did auction off one of those, uh, um, one of our autographed Sid posters for, uh, charity maybe six months ago I, or so. I think I did see that. that that's very awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I think, uh, it's for, uh, Linnea Quigley's, uh, yes. animal rescue sanctuary. Yep. yep. Yep, so, yeah, that's very cool. It sounds like that was uh, a successful auction that they put on. Yeah, I, I like I said, I, I, I like the guys a lot, and I, I try to, and I like Linnea a lot. I've only, I mean, I met Linnea I think two or three times, but um, you know, obviously 
she'd come over and talk to Sid almost every time that they were doing a show at the same time. So when I say I got to meet her and talk to her, it was only because I was sitting there with Sid probably. So, but yeah, that was, that was always fun. For sure. For sure. Um, let's see. Uh, something I was thinking about, uh, back on high in the hog. So, the the film that we all see the second film mm-hmm. it, it really does feel like a grindhouse film like i you know like for newer grindhouse movies i always kind of think of i know it's cliche but like the tarantino robert rodriguez double feature um you know that that felt like a grindhouse film but this one high on the hog seemed almost more of a grindhouse film and, you know, it probably has a lot to do with, like, Sid Haig being in it. And, uh, you know, like a character like Laura, um, mm-hmm. you know, I, I, it kind of gave me some, like, Pam Greer vibes in a way. Um, did, <laughs> did you it's guys ever... You said that, yeah. Did you That's guys it. ever consider reaching out to Pam to do something, or...? We did not, um, but... Oh, no, no, no. Te- te- technically, we did. Well, when we were... The when, second shoot, right? Yeah, when we were debating the um, the DJ, um, we had we that had that had come up, um, but obviously it's you know casting somebody like Pam Greer is 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 difficult. It would have been hard under that five thousand dollar budget I gave Ben. So I think I, we I had I, I, th- <laughs> I, I think we had floated I think we had floated talking to Lynn. Lynn Thigpen too, who was the DJ in the original Warriors. Um, but oh my god, so, that would have been amazing. That's what we, and then and then we just got lucky. You know, when we found Ellie, we just we hit the jackpot. We got real lucky because she was perfect. You know, just so you know, I mean, Sierra uh, Sierra Mong, who was who was Laura in the movie, um, Sid actually had made that comment to me before about how he felt. And he and I think he probably even told Sierra this, and I, I'm almost sure he told Sierra this that he had that same feeling with her, you know, what was it, 50, 40 years later that he had when he was working with Pam Greer, you know, and and you know the movie, the prison movies, or you know the those movies that he had done in the Philippines with her, he had um, a lot of the same feelings with Sierra that he did with Pam. He said. You know, and so there was he definitely had that connection and definitely thought that that Sierra certainly gave off that same sort of vibe. And that part was kind of intentional. And that's part of the reason why Sierra became more of of Sid's love interest. If you want to say amongst his girls, she was the most. The closest to him, so. Right. Yeah, it's it's uh, kind of a. I don't know. I, I kind of like that nod and, uh, you know, just kind of little, little, uh, little, little zest to the, to the film. It's kind of, a you know, furthermore seasoned fans. I mean, I'm, I'm not going to say like I'm a veteran film critic or movie watcher, but, uh, I could definitely see, um, you know, just like as a fan of film, like I just, I kind of like that nod to, have a have a similar character of like you know Pam from like those exploitation films with Sid and you know just just uh, I thought it was really cool. You know, there's there's several little hidden 
nods to different things that impacted my childhood, even growing up in, in the film. So did you, I don't, you're, you're way too young to know, but you know, there's a nod in there to the Andy Griffith show, you know, the, the original Andy Griffith show in, in, in the film. I mean, there's, there are things in there that were intentionally put in as, as kind of a, of a joke or as kind of a homage to some of those, those people that were, you know, influential or it made a big impressions in my life as well too so was that some of like joe's scenes yes with like with the other with the the other cop well there's some in there too but the 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 sheriff and the deputy if you if you paid any attention their name was in the movie uh their name was uh randy trailer was the sheriff and um, the deputy was Arnie. And in the old Andy Griffith show, the, and the deputy was kind of goofy. In the old Andy Griffith show, for those people that are almost as old as me, which probably none of them are, you know, awake right now. If they, if they, if, so hopefully you play this early in the morning sometime. <laughs> make it available so everybody can listen. He's not uh, kidding but, either. No, I'm not. Uh, but they, they, they were, it was Randy... It was Andy and Barney in the old movie and Barney or in the old TV show. And Barney was Don Knotts, who was a really nervous, goofy character. So mm-hmm. anyway, that was that was a little hidden thing in there that I don't know if it was hidden, but there was a little thing in there that I wanted in there. And and uh, my buddy, uh, Walt, Walt and Danny, Danny Glenn, especially <laughs> who did the Arnie character. Ben and I had a lot of discussions about it. But there's some of his extra stuff that's in there too that that I really liked uh, that um, that Danny did. So Danny's a bit of a comedian, so he was he was he's always fun to fun to be around. Peanut Hickory, exactly. Pignut. <laughs> Pignut Hickory. <sighs> awesome. Um. Man, I, I can't really think of anything else to ask about High on the Hog. Well, like I said, I could go on and on, but I know you want to talk to Ben about skeletons as well. So, yeah, yeah. Um, well, um, I I do want to mention. Uh, I see that you um, were involved in a, another horror movie called Gags of the Clown. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything that maybe you could uh, say about that real quick before? Uh, Ben and I uh, jump on to skeletons. No, I mean, I, I was, again, I was peripherally involved um, from a production standpoint. Um, they ended up shooting some of the scenes at my, the house I used to live in as well. So um, again, I was friends with the people who were really, you know, um, Rob Stern, who was one of the, the cinematographer and one of the big guys in, involved in that. And, and Sarah were, were two people that were very involved with hog. And, and I was, um, I wasn't really involved directly with gags. I just uh, was fortunate enough to be able to help them out and and uh, do a couple things for them and and getting some things done that they needed to have done. So. I, I missed your garage. <laughs> it's 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 uh, featured pretty pretty well in that. So I miss it too. Trust me. Man, I miss <laughs> your garage. I had a great garage man cave back in the day. So. Oh, nice. We should break in and party. <laughs> <laughs> We'd have to set it all up again. 
Yeah, I'm sure it's I'm sure it's boring now. Mm-hmm. No doubt. Hmm. Sounds pretty I, interesting. I I will tell you one thing, and 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 I'll this is that's nothing to do with hog, but uh, uh, Ben and I are in the process of uh, starting another uh, grindhouse production. So uh, something Ooh. if if you if you enjoyed hog, uh, keep your eyes and ears open, and and uh, you might hear something uh, interesting uh, about a new new production that we are going to be putting together that. Uh, We'll also have some pretty cool surprises in it, I think. So, um, you know what's funny? I pitched you in the past. What's that? I I pitched you Hog in that garage. Remember? You pitched me the reshoot of Hog in that garage. Yes, you did. Fucking hammered. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you or me? I was hammered. Oh, we, I, I think everybody was. Remember? Because we'd come back from a, I don't know what the fuck we were. Came back from a screening, and we were all partying in there i don't know what the hell was happening was yeah that film festival in elgin we went to? yeah something assuming? like that and then yeah. we're like yeah let's start talking about it gosh yep i think there's video of that somewhere i'd like to get that i don't know if there's video i know that i've got some audio of some discussions about some of that stuff oh i've got yeah i've got some recorded audio of some early convos i'm sure there's some i'm sure there's some footage of us somewhere working Kevin, Ben was probably hammered on Chardonnay. It was like, <laughs> Kevin, I got this great idea, but it's going to cost you five thousand dollars. No, no, no. That was a no. That was a that was a that was a Scotch night. I, I remember that part. <laughs> Riders' tears. Was that what we were drinking that night? Yeah, that was that was some of it. Yeah, I. You know, it's funny. I remember the second part. Oh Jesus! Yeah, we came to party. Apparently. Uh huh. Yep. Quite often that happened in the garage. So in in that garage, yeah. Yep. Some nice. of my best writing happened after I spent some time in that garage. So. Uh, here's a here's another good story. So all the um, all the paraphernalia <laughs> close ups, all of the all the, the drug close ups. You know the the smoke in the bowl, the cocaine. That was also done in that garage. <laughs> yes, it was. Yes, Man, it that was. was a fun day. You remember that? <laughs> Yeah. We, we inadvertently hotboxed the garage. <laughs> and we got and we got our DP who's very, very um he's normally not into pot culture or not at all. We inadvertently got him he, may, he, may, or, he may or may not have been influenced by ben, what we were And no real drugs were used in the making of this movie. It's true. It's true. <laughs> So he was, he, he, you know what? Rob was high on life. He was high <laughs> on on the pure joy of shooting that film over the course of four and a half to five years. And we had a friend who had uh, had access and who was had needed medical marijuana. So yes, there was uh, there was some some real stuff that was utilized. None of the cocaine was real. What was that stuff that we got from? Uh, uh, we got yeah, vi- vitamin B, B twelve. What it was, but we had this stuff that we got from there that we had to. They said we swear it's good. You could snort this stuff. It looks good. You could snort it. It looks just like cocaine. Okay, very fine cocaine, but yes. I mean, not that I've ever done no. or seen cocaine ever. Obviously, I'm obviously drug free. Since ninety three, but that yeah, three minutes ago. But that did look. That did look uh, authentic. 
Yeah. Insert real missing slide. God, that was... <laughs> That was a fun day, man. That was a fun day. I can I can tell you this honestly. When we were done shooting those pickups, remember I couldn't drive back to Bartlett. <laughs> well, neither. Oh fuck! I had to get a ride. <laughs> you were in Bartlett. You were. Staying I, yeah, I know. I I had to get a ride back to Jim's house, which was what uh, less than a mile away. <laughs> well. And you know how Steve was, and Steve is a professional. So he's a professional, and he was like, "Yeah, we need to. We're gonna get a. We're gonna get a ride." Yeah, yeah, we, yeah. yeah. That was that was a that was fun. It was a fun day. I will say that. Yeah, is that knocking on your door, Ben? Is, are you are you getting busted right now? Is that what no, you're no, that's not that's not me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, wait, it is me. <laughs> oh, we've tracked you down, Ben. You're busted. <laughs> We should we should have inserted that real missing slide uh, before the conversation started. We we noticed we noticed your film had B twelve in it. Uh, real missing. Yep. <laughs> All right. Well, so. Kevin. Hey, man. If if you got to get going, that's totally fine. Kevin, are you gonna you're gonna go? You're not gonna stay on? I'll listen to you guys talk for a while. I just don't have I won't have anything to say about your next stuff and I might be able to throw in some stuff and 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 egg Ben along a little bit. But yeah, I'll listen on for a while. All right, right on, man. Well, Ben, uh is someone at your door or no? <laughs> nah, I shoot, I shoot him away. <laughs> well, all right, so I guess uh we'll move on to uh the second part of the show, which before beforehand, I I want to say thank you, Kevin, for coming on and talking about High on the Hog. It was some some pretty knowledgeable stuff, man. Well, thanks for having me. I'm always willing to come out and come in and talk and share. And if you want to ever do a, a segment on what not to do in filmmaking, I'm happy to uh, participate because <laughs> I got a lot of stuff to tell people they shouldn't do. So. Right on, right on. Might have to take you up on that. Like, like never listening to your editor's budget. So. Oh, I, yeah. I mean, I, I'll tell you that. I, I won't let that one go, Ben. I'm sorry. I just beat when I get a joke. I just beat it to death. So. Dollars. <laughs> <laughs> but thank you. Thanks for having me, and I really do appreciate it. it. This has been a lot of fun. So. Yeah, for sure. Um. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, so Ben, you directed and edited, um, well, you know, one of the segments, I should say, or, or maybe you'll elaborate a little more, but, uh, you worked on a movie called Skeletons in the Closet, which is a horror anthology style movie. Um, what can you tell us about, uh, your part of the film and how you got into this project and, uh, how did this come about? Oh, Jesus. This is a long story. Well, Skeletons in the Closet actually is uh, a variant of my original idea, which was a horror anthology called Chop Shop. So starting in 2012, and incidentally, once I tell you this story, this is kind of how I met Kevin. So it's all interconnected. So starting in 2012, I randomly just contacted three other 
film directors in the Chicago, Chicagoland area. And I was like, look, you guys all have all done short films for the most part. Um, some feature work here and there. I'm, I have a, I have a, I got a great idea where all you have to do is put together a short film, produce it yourself, finance it yourself. And we're going to put them all together and we're going to have a, a feature. And everyone thought that was real attractive. And I believe that was February or March 2012. I started making those contacts when I was in California on vacation. And then two months later in Memorial Day 2012, we had started shooting this film. And then you can fast forward to um, 2014. We got the movie finished. Um, and we could go into why this happened, but basically what happened is we lost two of the filmmakers. You know, when you make an anthology film, you have to make a lot of compromises in there. We just made one too many mm. or attempted to anyway. So the movie was in stasis until, um, about 2017. And then my directing partner decided to put together a, um, I think it was an, it was an idea he had been brewing for a while. Uh, regarding um, uh, Charlie and the Widow, which was this Elvira meets, you know, uh, married with children kind of hybrid, you know, Peg and Al Bundy. <laughs> so we shot that and we shot um, the sequence with the little girl made mm-hmm. by Lainey Carner and her babysitter. And we took the two other Chop Shop films which was Grandma O'Malley's Pantry, which is the opening movie, and my film, The Dismantler, which is the one that takes place in the junkyard. And then we added um, the Chop Shop Bridge film, which is the one in the elevator in the old camper, you know, with the crazy guy beating the guy with the camera POV. Mm-hmm. And then another film called Meisner, which was a short film that the same group had produced um, a couple years prior. So we put them all together in a blender. Skeletons in the Closet is what, uh, is what came out. So it took it took from 2012 to 2018. So wow. the movie, I'll be honest with you, the movie's a miracle of perseverance and patience and just a lot of ingenuity because what you're seeing is not what was intended, not even close. Oh. Yeah. Yeah, I was I was going to say like I I kind of liked the twist of the anthology how um how you know the the basis of how the stories intertwined was from the living room where the girl was watching the show skeletons in the closet. And so what she's watching is the episodes per se that are shown and then how they kind of go, you know, back and forth with the babysitter and the girl and the, and then also there was another side story with, uh, with what, what was it like? One of those, uh, guys had escaped from the loony bin. Yeah. So, so yeah, that was even a twist. Oh yeah, and I'm I'm assuming that you did you did you watch the middle of the end credits where you see that story kind of. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I okay. ended up watching the whole thing. Yeah, yeah, there's a couple subplots like that. Um, that's the clever thing about the movie. You know, it's basically a movie. It's basically a series of movies inside of a TV show inside of another movie. Yeah, it's complex. There's a lot of shit going on. There's no doubt about yeah. it. Yeah, but you know when you watch it, it 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 makes sense. 
you know, you know, when, when you, <laughs> I'm, <laughs> well, glad, I'm glad you think so. <laughs> well, I mean, like I, I can pick up what was going on at least, you know, as far as, uh, all these little, all these little side, um, plots and whatnot that were thrown in the movie. Um, you know, it, it kind of got a little, a little rough with the, uh, segment of the, the dead husband and the, and the wife. That that sort of when that got thrown in, it kind of got a little confusing. But like some of the other stuff, uh, it it wasn't like complex watching. I mean, I know it's complex talking about it, but oh yeah, it can get confusing just trying to explain it. If you pay attention closely to the sequence in the camper, the Meisner segment actually makes sense because um, you see that same actress in the camper, which means she's in hell. Um, but yeah, that one is frequently identified as as kind of the black sheep. And see, that's what people don't understand about skeletons. Is skeletons is basically six black sheep. You know, mm-hmm. you know that's like I said, it's a bunch of disparate elements that we were clever enough to make seem whole. Um, and I'll give us credit for that because it's. It's it was not it was not what was intended initially, um, but luck will have it. It came together. Yeah, and, and that's the other thing. It's I, I don't think I mentioned the eighties motif. Um, that was added after the fact. <clears throat> oh really? Yes, yes. It was Chop Shop was never intended to be an eighties film, which is why my movie The Dismantler actually looks like it was something made sometime in the nineteen seventies. Hmm. Yeah, the 80s, um, the stylistic choice to make the film 80s period was was part of the skeletons in the in the closet package. So basically what you had is you had two completely different styles coming together for one movie. Um, and I think it works, you know. Yeah. The element, of course, works. But for the most part, I think it works. Yeah, for sure. And like you know, I I gotta say the editing that you did is like just fantastic, man. Like just how, thank you. How you know the the editing sequences of uh, going in and out of the TV, or you know, like when the the camera in the the house zooms into the TV, and then all of a sudden, it's like you know the movie and the TV is like what fills the whole screen. It's like you know we're we're sucked into the TV just like the little girl is sucked in, tuned in. And, uh, you know, and then, uh, did, did you say that you did the voice for the commercials <laughs> on the last episode? Uh, yeah, I am the voice of, I'm the vo- voice of the television, also known as channel 13. Come on, Ben, do it for him. My voice is too scratchy. <laughs> oh, come on. Channel 13. Fuck Yeah. Fuck yeah. <laughs> that was I was I had no intention of leaving my voice in that. That was actually supposed to be temporary. And I had told my partners, you know, will when we get further in the post, we will replace my voice with I think initially I wanted to use McAuliffe, the composer, DC. And everyone told me, No, you're hilarious, keep it. And then and and Channel 13 honestly was supposed to be temporary. It was just supposed to serve as backing fodder until i could figure out how to make the dead space uh in the opening of the movie um come alive 
and I'm I'm talking specific. I don't think I've ever talked about this. There's sp- this that entire sequence came from from one series, one one shot really is when um, the babysitter comes in and she takes off her coat and she sits and she looks around the room for whatever reason. It takes us forever. And I was like, you know what? We need something going on in the background. So I'm like, you know what? I'm just gonna be the television. And of course, because I'm a pervert. And I got a filthy mouth. I just decided to have a, a, a swearing television just to see if the audience was paying attention. Because I figured, you know what? No one's going to catch this. And sure enough, everybody caught it. <laughs> and yeah, if you pay attention in the background, there's a whole bunch of fake commercials done by our uh, a, a whole host of crew members. Um, you know, we've got a fake, you know, fake Cobra ripoff. Uh, we've got a fake battery commercial. You know, just a whole bunch of fun. We got a fake jeans commercial. Yeah, I, hey. I, I did notice some of those. Those are and those honestly look like eighty style uh, commercials and whatnot. Ben is also just just as a little trivia as well. Ben is also in Hog Twice. Whether in, in uh, his his dead bodies in it, right, Ben? Yeah, I'm in. I'm dead in the bathtub. And then your voice is in it as well, right? Yeah, I play the abusive, <laughs> the the hooker's boyfriend. I'm the hooker's the boyfriend when, she's when Sierra's in the yeah when Sierra's in the van, and then I'm also doing drugs in the cocaine scene. What? So classy, right? So fucking classy. <laughs> yeah, I'm technically I have technically three. I don't think I'm actually credited. Thank the fuck Christ. I but yeah, that's, you that's, as a dead body in there. I think. Oh, I great. Well, I should be because that's about that's about my acting prowess. Dead body. That's, that's all right. <laughs> that's awesome. Now I'm never gonna be able to watch the movie the same without thinking. Oh, there's Ben. <laughs> He's. Uh... Am I in skeleton? Am I in skeletons too? I mean, obviously, my voice. Um, I'm trying to think. Uh, yeah, I'm actually in my own movie. I'm in Dismantler when Tony reaches down for the flashlight. It's me and Nelson who plays Stanley Skullface. Those are our hands getting the flashlight. Hmm. And then I got something else somewhere. Oh, who gives a shit? But yeah, I forgot about the dead body, man. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I always love hearing like little trivia stuff like that. It's it's cool. Technically, Kevin is part of SITC. Kevin's a producer on both Meisner and the Dismantler. So mm-hmm. he's not just some he's not just some hanger on right here. He's legit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He's, really. he's bona fide. <laughs> yeah. Heck yeah, man. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt your uh you're going, but I, when Ben starts talking about his voice and stuff, I'm like, yeah, I got to throw that in there too. <laughs> no, it's all good, man. Yeah, chime in whenever. It's, it's all good. I'm not, I'm not some asshole that says, "Oh, all right, you're done Shut talking." I'm done with you. <laughs> Shut it. Shut it. No, nah, man. Yeah, I, I try to keep it laid back on this, on this show. Uh, just because I know there's a lot of horror podcasts out there, and a lot of them just kind of seem like some of them are kind of uptight and real professional about it. I mean, I try to be somewhat professional, but I don't want to be just like some. Well, then you shouldn't have gotten us on. <laughs> <laughs> what was I thinking? Yep. No, no. 
You just lost it. Lost all your repu- your good reputation. You just lost. Oh shit! Hey, I listened to your. Uh, I forgot to tell you. I listened to your. Um, I listened to your interview with Destiny Soria. Oh, right on. Yeah, that was that was good. I um I didn't even know who she was until I listened to it. Yeah, um, and that that one was sort of a surprise to me because uh, I I had kind of seen her on social media, but she reached out to me with like a, you know, professional portfolio of the stuff that she's doing. I'm like, oh wow, like she really wants to be on here. So, um, you know, had her on the show and and uh, I thought it was a good conversation with her and learned a lot of stuff about the movie that she's making, and uh, I'm really intrigued by the uh, the the plot of the movie being Rudolph the Red-Nosed Reindeer uh, turning into like a zombie and is killing people. <laughs> that's the, the that's the Christmas slasher film. Yep, it, it, yep, it's just called Christmas Slasher as far okay. as the title. I don't know if it's going to be a working title or what. But uh but yeah, I mean it I'm I'm sold by the idea of Rudolph killing people. <laughs> It kind of like gives me like uh, Thanksgiving vibes. Oh, jeez, yeah, like I remember that. Yeah, I mean, I haven't seen any anything, but uh, I just just from talking about it, it, it almost like I keep picturing like Rudolph something like that. Um, I could be totally wrong though. I mean, she she can maybe make him like fucking scary for once. Um, who knows? I guess that's. That's one thing we'll just have to wait and see. But but she's got like Felissa Rose in there and uh, Lloyd Kaufman. Felissa's uh, popular. She's popular on the indie circuit. People like working with her because she's she's apparently a lot of fun. You know, mm-hmm. every she loves hanging out with everybody at the shows. That's for sure. She's, yeah, she's uh, a lot. Of fun. She always right. has a good crowd around her. So for sure. Yeah, yeah, I met her one time, and she she looked like she was getting pretty toasted and just real friendly. And oh man, when you're at a convention, yeah, there's there's no sobriety at those. I mean, at least there shouldn't be. Should be mandatory. <laughs> right? Yeah, I think my my wife was pregnant at the time, so uh, she's like, "Oh, you know, come party or you know, let's party." And my wife's like, yeah, "I'm pregnant," and she's like, "Oh, like." <laughs> Like, oh, that sucks. Nope. <laughs> no drinking for you. Yeah, I I got some drinking in, so that was awesome. But yeah, I I didn't, you know, I I didn't really. Sorry, I'm spewing off my shit, but uh, I didn't really drink a whole lot at the convention. Till later on in the hotel, that's where I had some shots and whatnot. But which one just, was this? Which one? Where convention? Well. This one was uh, Days of the Dead, Chicago, okay. of, uh, I want to say, 2018. We were certainly there. No, we were there. We haven't missed a show in, since, I think, 12. Well, obviously, this year we're not going. Yeah. Well, it, okay, so it might have been, I can't remember if it was 2017 or 18. It was the one where um, Linda Blair was one of the headliners. Yeah. And Sid was there. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, I'm trying to think of some of one of the other some of the RoboCop people were there. Well, if you went to Sid's table, you met me. I'm sure. Right. Yeah. I probably I, Ben too. Yeah, I probably eighteen. Seen yeah. you guys or met you guys, and 
it 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 didn't really click to me. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I'm sure. Kind of. Well, I mean, you know, it's, it's kind of a small world too. How, uh, you know, people in the horror community uh, always oh, somehow we ex- always find a way to. Yeah, it's extremely small. Yeah, where are we at? We're talking about. I think we're talking about Destiny in her film. Yeah, I don't know why I interrupted. <laughs> That's all good. What, so are you looking forward to hearing that? Ben. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's Kevin's fault. It's my fault. I'll take the blame. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, that that one should be pretty cool. Um, yeah. And then uh, I think, and then you know, we, we were talking about uh, she was doing a scene for uh, – Toxic Alien Zombie Babes from Outer Space, which is a uh, Australian film that's being made under lockdown over there in Australia. Good God, that's a that title is a handful. Yeah, uh, <laughs> it's fun. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's funny because I had David Black on the show, and he's an actor and producer on that, and he's from Australia. And there's like a twelve-hour gap as far as time frame going on. So when we talked, I was talking at, at midnight on a Friday um, at midnight. And at the same time of us talking, he was talking the next day, Saturday at like three in the afternoon. So that was just, just crazy to think about as far as like just how much of a time zone gap indifference it is from you know all the people around the world how we're all on this time zone gap and it's it was just kind of bizarre to think about but uh yeah he he's working on that and you know he talked quite a bit about that one but it was funny because uh she uh was recording scream scenes for for that movie and uh and then i did one too and i didn't think that I was going to be in it, but uh, it was just kind of funny because we were talking about how she's like, oh, you look familiar. I'm like, oh, we're in the same scene together. So we had a good laugh over that. And I don't know. <laughs> I don't know where I'm going with that. but uh, <laughs> I'm not like, you know, professional actor or anything, but I just thought it was kind of cool how they were needing people like extras to do stuff. And I just happened to just do one and they ended up using it. So that's cool. But anyways, what, what do you guys want to talk about? <laughs> so we, you want to jump back to skeletons or, uh, we can talk about anything. I've had enough wine here where I'm open for all ideas. <laughs> <laughs> right. Well, yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm really interested to, uh, hear uh some sort of follow-up or uh of of something for for both like skeletons and uh high in the hog um is there you know on the skeleton side of things is there ever talk of maybe doing another anthology with skeletons as you know still in the in the title uh well it's interesting you say that because um we may or may not be working on something that involves an anthology. Of course, I can't uh, commit to uh, to that. I can't confirm or deny it. But as far as SITC is concerned, 
when that when this movie came out, there was some interest in developing this into uh, a show series, hmm. multi episode using possibly different filmmakers, but using uh, Charlie and the Widow as the common thread. I don't know, honestly, where that is right now. My personal opinion is that uh, we should be doing a, a sequel, feature film. I actually have an outstanding treatment for a, um, for a follow-up. But the last time the producers of this got together to discuss it, the, 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 the general consensus was that uh, we should investigate the possibility of a, a, of a series. Nine to twelve episode long form series. I don't know where that's at. I don't think it's a bad idea, but I would really like to see us do a feature, especially since keep this in mind, SITC is is a it's a hybrid of two different projects, you know, and it was facilitated after the fact. So if we had the 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 option to to make an eighty style uh, anthology feature from the beginning. I think that we could really hit a home run, but I don't know. Right now, it's kind of in stasis. Yeah. Well, and like you know, seeing like uh, you know, Creep Show coming back on Shutter, um, you know, and that being a big hit, like they signed on to another season like right away after the first one aired. Um, you know, a lot of people love anthology films, and uh, you know. I, I mean, me personally, I don't think seeing uh, another anthology thrown in the mix is going to hurt anything. You know, I think people love this type of stuff. And it's really, I wouldn't say been untouched over the years, but done right. I think, uh, you know, I think Skeletons is up there. You know, I think that uh, it does have a lot of potential of uh, carrying on some sort of sequel or, you know, continuance. So, uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just really. Oh yeah, you could make that. a, you, you could make a successful follow up in either format, long form, because then you could give multiple stories or or a feature. The one thing I will say is, I have no interest in making uh, a standard paint by the numbers anthology. I like anthology films where you're not even conscious that you're watching an, an anthology film because everything does truly feel like the same movie. You know what I mean? But you're actually watching an anthology film. And it takes a very skilled storyteller to do that, but it can be done. Go in the, the standard creep show format where, you know, you've got a bridge or a rap, and then you've got, you know, seemingly disconnected stories making up the runtime. I mean, that's the standard practice, but I don't I certainly don't want to do that again. But I I, I agree with you. I think that I think the anthology films are always going to be popular. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Cause, Cause you know, you know, you're combining short and feature films simultaneously. Some people love short films. They don't like, you know, they don't like, uh, giving up their time to watch, to watch a film for 90 minutes. They're just right. not, they're not interested in, in, yeah. Like I'm, I'm getting there in my life where it's like, man, I don't know if I can sit through a two and a half hour movie like that just seems so long or even three hours. Well, I mean, you could if you're at home, but certainly not in the theater. I mean, I'll if I can pause it and take a break, have a smoke. Sure. I'll watch a seven hour movie. 
I'll watch Andy Warhol's Empire for 24 hours. <laughs> as long as I got a goddamn remote control. That's not true. I think it's like seven hours. It might oh, as well be 24 guess. fucking hours. What is that? Yeah. A case of Chardonnay for you, Ben? LSD, Chardonnay, <laughs> mushrooms. <laughs> oh, shit. You know, I... Uh... <laughs> I, uh, I I almost thought about, like, you know, I had this idea, but I, n- I never went through with it. But I was like, man, I really want to revisit the Lord of the Rings trilogy, but play all the uncut, like, or the extended versions of each of them. Where I'm like, yeah, oh, you know my what? God. If you're at home, if you're at home, fine. Sorry, I was wrong. I, I, Empire is eight hours and five minutes. That's still too long. 485 minutes. And by the way, it's one continuous shot. That's the movie. It's just one shot. It's Empire State Building. Really? And I know that because Columbia used to have this... They used to have this Halloween gimmick or this contest where if you sat through the entire movie without falling asleep, um, they gave you a... I think they gave you like a $250 gift card to their book store or something. And so, of course, I had colleagues, uh, you know, they'd drop LSD and sit there and look at the Empire State Building and be like, dude, we almost made it. <laughs> but I got hungry. You know, fucking idiots. Jeez. Uh, <laughs> that's what I, I did in film school. That's right. That's where I spent 40 grand. That was film school. What a fucking idiot I am. <laughs> uh, yeah, I don't know if I could do that. What, drop ass and watch Empire or go to film school? Or both? Uh, probably both. <laughs> I mean, you know, I would love to go to film school, but I just, I know I, I missed that that ship a while back. And, uh, but yeah, definitely will not be watching Empire for eight hours. Now you don't need film school. You got YouTube now. It's... Right. Watch tutorials on YouTube. Yeah, or just, work, just work, or just work on, just you know, volunteer on sets until you you've you know garnered enough credits, and then then you can start charging by the hour. Heck yeah, yeah. I'm I'm sort of working on. Uh, I'm not trying to make this about me, but I'm sort of sure working sounds on like. like a... <laughs> I know. God damn it. Missing this guy real. Confused, Kevin. What can we do, Marcus, to help you in your film career? Oh, he's already asking me. He's he's tapping me for advice already. He's pretty smart. <laughs> right? We're gonna put yeah. you in the next movie. Then, damn it, you can be a dead body like Ben. Oh yeah, yes. <laughs> hell yeah, yeah. I really, I'm, I'm gonna. I really, to I really move the chains of my film career. <laughs> but Kevin, guess what? Career. Uh, Kevin, guess what? I I won't ask for five thousand dollars. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's go. good. I'm glad to hear that because we won't have it. <laughs> five thousand dollars. Oh, that's funny. I'm never gonna hear the end of that. Uh, no, you never <laughs> will. I promise. Love you, Ben. I know. Just, we're, we're teasing. I know. But yeah, I mean, I'm, I'm working on like a short uh, horror film. It's going to be like a black and white slasher type, and it's going to be really short, but I'm just kind of dipping my toes in the, 
in the film stuff and it's gonna be like super low budget but it's it's something fun to do so i'm gonna see how that goes gonna uh, look like a racer head ki- i mean kinda yeah yeah, yeah. kind of like elephant man kind of thing but make it like a slasher nice um i was kind of going for like a scarecrow type thing but mm-hmm. the more is like i'm filming it i don't know if i want him to be a scarecrow um he's gonna be he's gonna be something different something similar to a scarecrow um i'm gonna i'm gonna call it uh dreadfield nice and it's just gonna be you know little short black and white slasher type thing. I don't think I've ever seen a black and white slasher film. So, you know, I just want to try to do something different. Well, you've seen Psycho, right? And that's a black and white slasher film. Oh, yeah, <laughs> technically. Kind of. Yeah. One of the first ones, maybe. Huh? Yeah. Yeah, I guess you're, I guess you're right, Ben. <sighs> well, it's not going to be like Psycho, though. <laughs> It yeah, was just that's... on the other day. I was watching Psycho 2. Oh, yeah. Really underrated movie. Yeah, I like the Psycho movies, man. I mean, well, I like obviously, them. the first one is probably my favorite. But so is, Are you saying Psycho 2 is your favorite? Or was it just on the other day? Um, No. Psycho 2 is very... Especially the first, the first hour is very made for TV. Even though it's... It's written by um, Tom Holland, the guy that did Fright Night. But the ending's great. The score is great. I really like the score to... Actually, honestly, Psycho 3 is a little bit more interesting overall than Psycho 2. But let's be honest, compared to the first one, I mean... I saw... I saw something a couple years ago where... uh, I forget. It might have been NYU. Some 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 enterprising sound mixer put the scores to Psycho two, three, and from the show, and rescored the original movie. That's one of the reasons I don't like the original. I don't like the pacing. I mean, obviously, it was made in nineteen sixty, so I mean, that's you know, it's forgivable. Yeah. But I'm not a huge fan of the. Uh, the overall score, obviously, you know, the, you know, the, the, the main themes, you know, the Bernard Herman main themes are, you know, they're incredible, but overall it's just such a languidly paced movie. But anyway, they redid the whole, they redid, redid the whole thing. I think they cut like 18 minutes out of it, made it a lot faster, changed the score up. Hmm. I don't know where, I don't know where I was going with that. That has nothing to do with my film career because I didn't make any of those movies. <laughs> I did watch them though. I get credit for that. <laughs> Right? Yeah. I'm a, I'm a fan. Give me credit. Right. No, that, that actually sounds pretty interesting that I might have to check that version out. Just so look at when you're done difference. when you're done, um when you're done with your movie, yeah. I'll I'll take a look at it. For sure, man. For sure. I appreciate that. I mean it's not gonna, you know, like like I said, it's gonna be like a low budget uh type stuff, but uh that's all right. Yeah, I mean, I, I can send you what I have and uh, see if you just want to take a look at it and whatnot. Mess around with it if you want. Sure, yeah. <laughs> um, but I don't know if you want me messing around with it, but I would definitely let me. I would definitely have me take a look at it. 
Right. Don't let him put a score over it, whatever you do. Yeah. That's for certain. <clears throat> okay. I'll keep that in mind. He 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 when he edited Hog for the first time, um, he had probably a score over it that would have cost me two million dollars or more to to get done if I wanted to use all that all the music that he used. So oh, wow. right, Ben? If at least <laughs> <laughs> you know the he problem gets... with that is that you you listen to it you watch the movie enough and you go, oh yeah i want to ch- let's change this or let's think about this and let's do this that you get so used to hearing you know rob zombies music or led zeppelin over certain scenes that no matter what you put in there afterwards it's not going to sound as good oh, God. i remember we had pigs when they're you know we had that tracking shot to- <laughs> man had Pink Floyd over the pig scene. We had Rob Zombie over the one of the strip club scenes. It's like, come on, Ben. <laughs> but that's how he edits, right, Ben? Well, remember some of the songs. Some of the songs. It didn't even matter how much money we had. They legal. They didn't even know who owned the rights. Like Carol Pope's. Um, Carol Pope and Rough Trade had that Shakedown song from the Cruising soundtrack, which plays under the opening of the movie when the when you when you, the car accident happens. Yep. We couldn't even get the rights to that if we would have. It wouldn't matter how much money we had because they, they they couldn't tell us. And you know what's funny about that is I actually reached out to Carol Pope and spoke to her, and she was very wonderful and very responsive. But we couldn't get we couldn't get to the music. God, that's a great song, too. What a cool song. Yep. Yep. But you know what? Now other people can't enjoy that song because the rights are in lost in perpetuity for whatever fucking reason. Unreal. Yep. No doubt. No doubt. Yeah. Yeah, wasn't uh, wasn't there a cover song in Hog? So like cover songs are those easier to get than like the head east songs? Well, yeah, we head used east is... never. Yeah, yeah, we used head east song. I got to know the guys um, from head east pretty well, but it was yeah, we used one of their songs, but we used. I mean, we had. I mean, and this is just my opinion, and I'm pretty biased about it, but I think we had some some great bands in there. I mean, I my band that that I fought for all the time was a band called Hogjaw. We used be at the means. I mean, we had we had a lot of what I view at least as a lot of good a lot of Jesse Boyd's band. Was that Ferrari? Pretty dead Ferrari. Yeah. One of our actors had his own band, uh, Jesse Boyd, and and uh, we used their used some of their music. So yeah. And then uh, who was um oh fuck what was his name the guy that brings keith the guy that brings the dope to the party um what, what was that actor's name we had we had his band's music in there too oh, fuck what was his name um i should God, know this terrible well you, you what was it what was the nickname you had for him um uh, God damn it. you're terrible yeah you've been drinking too much and i'm tired i've been up too late i'm up too late uh, Swooner. Swooner. Yeah, Swooner. His name was, uh, I mean, that was his nickname. Um, God damn it. I'm not helping you. I know.
Michael P. Russell. Johnny Swooner, that's what his name was. Yeah, he, he had Sorry, his... Michael. Sorry, we, 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 we effed up here on this one. It's been a long day. It's been a long day. <laughs> but I, I can always edit things out, too. It's no big deal. Good. Take out all the stalls, all the ums. <laughs> uh-huh. All the there moments. Won't be anything left, Ben. All the moments when we didn't know what we were talking about, which is ninety-five percent of the interview. Right. And I have, have to talk about like that whole hour of me spilling on about my shit. Oh, that's all right. That's fine. <laughs> Trust me these these situations always occur in in these podcasts, and they're always just cut out. That it always happens. Yeah. yeah. For sure, you can't um, you can't talk like you're playing in front of an audience, at least not originally or initially. Yeah, it's pretty hard to do. Um, I see that. I don't know if we talked about this, Ben. Um, you you worked on a short film called The Muck. Yeah, that's actually in Skeletons in the Closet. That actually opens the movie. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay, so that right. I was actually a producer on that one. Yeah, Kevin's actually a producer on that. I had nothing to do with that movie initially. And you can tell because the movie's not batshit insane in terms of the way it's put together. It's actually pretty calm. But that movie was that movie was actually in South by Southwest. Yeah, you guys went to Texas for that. That's right. Yep. And then I believe that was in the Stanley Film Festival, too. Yeah, well, the Stanley no longer exists, but yeah. Yeah, I had nothing to do with that movie. However, um, it was my idea to open the movie with that. Because the muck looks and feels like an 80s movie. Yeah, definitely. I thought, I thought it was a cool little segment, too. And yeah, I, I agree with you. It really, I think, helped open up the the movie. Thank you. <laughs> Honestly, Thank that was sorry. I, that, I'm that sorry was, if yeah, I make things awkward. I'm not trying to. No, no, no. It's not awkward at all. I'm actually just I'm reading something at the same time that I'm I'm talking. Why would you do that, Ben? That's rude. Well, I'm I'm editing and I'm looking at something how to how to fix something. Well, this is the rude podcast. I got it. You got it. You're right. It is the rude podcast. So you can do whatever you want, Ben. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I'm going to start using that now. You have to. You got to. Right. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Um, So, yeah, I need to cut out these um um-sos. But, uh, so, like, last time, Ben, we talked uh, about the Sid Haig documentary. Is there anything else you can, like, new that you can say about it? Or is that still something not not to talk about, per se? Uh, Kevin, why don't you answer this? <laughs> <laughs> We're just kind of on hold right now. Um, we've got some things to, to iron out and some, some I's to dot and T's to cross and... Uh, if we can get those I's dotted and T's crossed, then then we'll probably have some more information for you. But at this point, we're kind of on hold. Right on, right on. I just I figured I would throw that out there and just see if you know 
you know, because I hadn't, I really hadn't quite seen either of you guys kind of say anything new about it. So I just, I, I figured it was probably something where you guys were talking about, but I just thought I'd bring it up. Yeah, oh, trust it, me, it's yeah. it's a it's a passion for for us, and it's something that we we care very much about. But we um, we just have to go through the process, and 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 it's not always an easy process um, to go through. Right. Yeah. This it sounds like it's going to be uh, a pretty good uh, documentary about them. So I look forward to to seeing it once it's completed. Yeah, well, like that Ben and I, like I said, Ben and I are kind of at the point now where we're since we're kind of on hold, we're working on our new project. So we're we're uh, uh, wanting to get get move forward with something because, like I told you, I, when we first started chatting early on, I, I'm about to become semi-retired at least. So um, I can't sit around and watch soap operas and eat bonbons all day. So I got to have something else to do. <laughs> and drink Chardonnay. Drink Chardonnay. Ooh. Fancy. That's I'm more of a Merlot with Cabernet guy myself, Ben. I'm more of a I'm whiskey type guy. <laughs> You're more of a what? A whiskey kind of guy. I love bourbon. If I'm going to drink, I like bourbon or beer. I'm a bourbon and beer guy is really what I am. Are you a craft beer drinker? I am. Nice. I, 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 I try to track my beer when I remember to do it. I try to track my beers on untapped. So I've got like, I'm up to like 950 beers, different beers that I've tried. So Dang, that's a lot. Yeah. Nine, well, I mean, there really is so many to choose from, though. It's like unreal. Yeah, it's gotten it's gotten crazy, you know. It's just blown up, and I, you know, it's it. I have gotten to the point where I go if I'm traveling, every city I go to has a brewery, and you almost have to go in and try it. If you if you're if you're into that stuff, you really get into it, and that's that's the challenge. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, like right now for me. Uh, New England IPA style is like mm-hmm. kind of hitting the spot. Those are really yep. good. I go through phases, and and it's about coming up on the uh, stout season for me. Uh, but I went in the summer. I'm a big sour guy, and I went found this place up in Wisconsin. I'm going to give them a free plug here called Oso Brewing, and and they have like ten sours on their menu. Nobody has sours hardly. If they have a sour, they have one or two. They had 10. I mean, I thought I died and gone to heaven. I mean, it it, it was amazing. (laughs) I spent a whole week's vacation drinking their beer because I picked up a bunch and just, I just stopped there on my way up, starting my vacation up to my cousin's place up in Eagle River. And I picked up a bunch of their beer and I drank their beer all week long. It was, it was great. So anyway, Oso Brewing. Nice. Would you? I just gave you free advertisement. So. (laughs) What about you, Ben? Yeah, I should. (laughs) Maybe maybe after this airs, then all of a sudden they'll just start bombarding you with emails. There you go. Should they should start? They should start advertising on your program. Heck yeah, yeah. I I I sort of have uh, Wake Brewing as a uh, sort of sort of official unofficial sponsor. 
Um, and they're a terrific brewery in Rock Island, Illinois. No kidding. Yeah. Fantastic. Wake? W-A-K-E? Is that what uh, you said? W-A-K-E, yes. Wake. Yeah. Fantastic. I'm going to have to try this stuff out. I would have if we'd have been having our fest over there, the Midwest Tour Fest this weekend. Oh, or this man, last couple been, weeks ago. That would have right. been fun. Oh, and knowing those guys, they probably would have had a, they would have made a beer specifically for that weekend. Oh, I'm sure they would have. They uh, they did last year. They made Grandpa for the Texas Chainsaw Massacre reunion, mm. and it was like a I don't know where the hell they got the recipe from, but it was like a a '70s lager style uh, beer. Oh my gosh. And you know, wow. so and and I think uh, the the grandpa who played in Texas Chainsaw, um, I think because I talked to him a little bit, and I think he said that this this is the type of beer that they would have drank back in the seventies. Like they they did a good job making it because it really did taste like a lager from back then. And like I got a Schlitz pretty, like a Schlitz lager. Yeah, sort of. Yeah. Mm. And it, it kind of had a little rusty taste. I mean, they had to make it like oh, you know, Grandpa's hammer. Grandpa's hammer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it, it was awesome, though. I, I I got pretty hammered off of those. And that was at the show? Yeah, that was at uh, Midwest Monster Fest. No shit. Yep. And then uh, if you buy one of their glasses, I think you get, uh, what was it? Wait, no, you got a punch card, and if you bought so many of those beers, they give you a free Midwest Monster Fest uh, pint glass. Oh, nice. okay. Okay, that's, yeah, that sounds, that's, that sounds a lot like a lot of fun. It sounds like something yeah. we would have done, Ben. Uh, oh, I guarantee we would have. We would have left with like six or eight glasses. That's not a huge show, right? Um, you know, I was really surprised of uh you know i was thinking it was going to be pretty small but uh they actually got a pretty uh decent sized place i know that uh um jeff was going to uh change locations to uh to accommodate bigger parking lot because i don't think he expected so many people how many people were there do you know um oh gosh i was there both days and it was like jam-packed uh so i would say you know, people are coming and going, but there is probably at least 300 people there. Fantastic. Like, wow. At, wow. At, at a time. And, you know, and that's not counting people that come and go and only go one day or, you know, because it was well, a, a two day event last year, but I think they're going to up it to three days for next year. I'll be honest. Kevin and I prefer the smaller shows, at least now. Hey, I've, I've we already got our table set up for next year because I had a I'd paid I wanted a table and I talked to Jeff about it and you know I we wanted to have our corner with electricity and all that stuff so we're we're good to go man we hopefully we'll have a good prime spot and and uh, Jeff will take good care of us I might have to send him something else <laughs> <laughs> heck yeah yeah you guys will love it I I had a blast my first year there and. Uh, it was so cool. Uh, I you know I haven't I haven't been to the Rust Belt. That's where the new one's going to be at. But uh, 
the last one, I, I liked the venue of last year. Because it was like you go downstairs and it's this big open area with just vendors and, uh, you know, celebrities. And then there's an upstairs where there's more vendors. And then you go even further up the stairs. And that was where they had like the big showroom where they they showed uh, uh, they like pinup contests and uh, the Q&A with uh, the Texas Chainsaw uh, cast and. It it was just a lot of fun. So I'm really curious to see what uh what the Rust Belt's gonna look like. Yeah, I I was really looking forward to it this year. I thought we thought it was gonna be a lot of fun. We went to and, and especially after talking with Jeff and spending more time with Jeff over the last few shows we did. But what was that one we went to last year, Ben, that we had a good time at? It was I think it was in a Atumwa. The one with Hall- Chucky. Halloween. Oh. The one with Alex Vincent. Oh, we had a ball. Yeah, that was a we lot had a of fun. fucking ball. Because you know what? Place. We were we were for the first time. The show was so small. Uh, Alex Vincent and 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 us were we were the headliners. We were right next right next to him the whole time, and we were right next to the bar. You remember that? Yeah. Well, they, I think some of these vendors, some of these show run, play, people talk because they placed Ben and I close to the bar so that. You know, they make sure their bar people get extra, get a lot of business. (laughs) You know what, guys? I was there last, last year, and I think I do remember seeing you there, Kevin. I just, I don't know if. You were there in a a a Tumwa? Yeah, in a Tumwa. I think we talked, now that you mention it, I'm pretty sure we did talk. And I, and I, and I, cause I, cause we were, if you faced that back wall, we were to the left. Of where uh, Vincent was, so we were, we were when we had our table set up. We had the video running and and all of our stuff back along that back wall, right, right. next to the bar. Yep. Now that I think about it, we totally talked. Yep. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, hey, you know, we're always going to figure something out, right? <laughs> right. <laughs> so you guys have actually met. <laughs> you probably met him too, Ben. Is that Ben's a got that super long hair and you can't can't not remember ben i mean i was gone from the table way more than you were though i i mean i would have man maybe not maybe maybe we did but yeah you probably would have remembered me marcus (laughs) yeah i i don't know if i did see you ben i was i I did i was did see me you just probably had no under you didn't know because i would i would come and go a lot yeah, I could have been six feet from from the table at the bar because yeah, they put us right next to that bar. <laughs> that was actually seriously that was has such a fun show because the money was great, the traffic was fine. You know what I mean? Yep. Like it was yep. steady, constant. You didn't, you weren't suffocating. People weren't rude. No one smelled bad. <laughs> you guys know <laughs> not what, like some of those shows we do. You guys know what I'm talking about. Yeah, I mean let's. Yeah. I want to. Let's be honest. It's Some just, people don't like to bathe. It's sporting events are the same, but for some reason, man, uh, sporting events can get away with it because you go to a sh- you know you go to a game and there's fifty, sixty thousand people. At a at a horror convention, yeah, I tell you, man, personal hygiene is not a primary concern for uh, for the people that attend, which is. Which is fine. I think we'll have to do that Halloween Palooza again. I mean, I 
I, I, Jeff's is the one I've been really looking forward to, but I, I think we should do that one again next year, Ben, especially if we got a, got some more new products coming out. So, oh, yeah, that, sure. that, that, that shows a ball. I would, I would do that anytime. That, that's a ball. Plus, it's a nice drive out there. We have to get the Chris uh, Blu ray out, though, soon, too. Um, if you, if you remember the, the scene in the beginning of the movie or the beginning of Hog with the claymation characters in it, um, we've been working with a guy, Chris Younts, who, who's the guy who created that stuff for us. And he, uh, we're going to put together a, uh, a, a group of his films onto a, a, a DVD that we're going to sell, um, to help to sell and get Chris promoted and do some stuff for him. So nice. that's, uh, that's, uh, that's somebody that Ben's working with on some other stuff now too. Um, but it's, uh, something we really enjoyed. We, we really enjoy working with Chris. Yeah. I work with, uh, Chris and Steve Rodino on a very, very popular, um, cartoon series, which I'm not going to name, <laughs> especially if you've seen high in the hog. I'm not yeah. gonna. I'm not gonna connect the two right now. When we come off of our current series, then maybe I'll talk about it. <laughs> I I understand. <laughs> yeah, most a lot of people don't want to be affiliated with High in the Hog, right, Ben? No, I mean I'll, I I have I, I love High in the Hog, but um, I'm not gonna connect the dots yeah, right now. <laughs> you don't, yeah, you don't want to put a, a program like that. I'll do it. I'll do it. But I've got colleagues that I work with closely, yeah. and I don't want to. I don't want to connect the dots, but. I tell you, when it's over, then we can talk about it. By the time we do, uh, by the time we do our third variation of this podcast, sometime in 2021, then I can talk about it. Right. But yeah, if we do, if that show comes up again next year, we should absolutely go. I'd go in a heartbeat. Oh, it's such a fun time. I love just just even the atmosphere, like being at the Hotel Atumwa. It's supposedly haunted already. Yeah. So, right. You know it. it just that kind of adds to the atmosphere of uh being there as a horror convention and you know like you guys were saying i'll elaborate a little bit like the size it's small but it's like perfect especially for you know like uh, uh a convention goer like you know you're able to walk up to tables without having to wait 30 minutes in line to wait for, you know, to see somebody. Um, usually you can just kind of get up there pretty fast and, um, you know, like seeing Vincent or Alex Vincent, um, you know, there wasn't a huge line for him. So it was kind of cool to just kind of go up there and just shoot the shit with them and, and shoot the shit with you guys. But I didn't realize, you know, <laughs> years later that we'd be talking again but hey you got it well hopefully we'll be talking for a long time to come too so yeah right on right keep on. putting stuff out and you keep doing your thing and we'll support each other so that's what's all about man well this old man's gonna hit the bed guys i'm sorry i gotta get up at 5 30 tomorrow morning for <clears throat> my real job oh i gotta go out i gotta go out and uh refill my wine anyway all right, Kevin. Well, hey, man. I yeah. Thank you so much for sticking thank around. You. I really appreciate it, and I had a good time. And uh, we'll get to a show again, and we'll talk. We'll actually, if Ben and I get when as soon as we get this other film out, we'll uh, we'll want to come on and talk to you about that too. So, 
Excellent. Excellent. All right. Take care, man. We'll talk. Right. See you later, Ben. All right, Kevin. I'll talk to you I'll... soon, Kev. Uh, take care, guys. You, you too. It's like, is there uh, um, anything else about skeletons that uh, that you'd like to talk about? Or was I will say this: if you want a uh, copy of the movie, send me a request at uh, septembersunfilms.com, and I uh, not only will I, not only will I uh, uh, send you a copy of the Blu-ray. I don't know what the price is; it's pretty cheap, but. Um, I'll throw some goodies in there and give you some super, super secret autographs. Nice, nice. But you got to go to SeptemberSunFilms.com and uh, just send us a request um, through the uh, information bar or the request bar. I'm sorry. All right. Yeah, I I can put that in the description where to find Skeletons of the Closet and then as well as uh, High on the Hog. So, uh, just want to say thank you again, Ben, for coming on the show. Absolutely. Thank you. And I, I look forward to us talking again soon. Yes, sir, man. Again, I just want to say thank you so much, Kevin and Ben, for coming to the show. I had an awesome time. And like we had mentioned in uh, our conversation, you can go to www.highonthehogthemovie.com. Com. And check out the merch site. You can pick up a copy of the Blu-ray and uh, some shirts and uh, some mugs and you know some other uh, merchandise on there. Uh, go check it out, guys. And uh, also some really cool information on the movie on the website as well. And um, check out the September Sun Films website. I will have the link to that site. In the description, I'll have both um, websites in the link of uh, the description of this episode and on my social media. And uh, like we had mentioned before, Midwest Monster Fest will be a horror pop culture convention that will be happening at the Rust Belt in East Moline, Illinois next year. And uh, I will have... uh, them plugged in on my social media as well but you can get your tickets now and uh, sit back relax until next year and you're guaranteed to have a good time so uh, the website is www.midwestmonsterfest.com for more info on the guests uh, ticket sales, VIP passes, weekend passes all that fun stuff and um, also Wake Brewing check them out at wakebrewing.com they're a terrific local uh, local here to the Quad Cities, but they're a terrific uh, brewery. Tons, <clears throat> excuse me, tons of great craft beer there. And uh, yeah, I can't talk about them enough. So hope you guys enjoyed this episode. Um, also, want to thank Pit Lord and uh, Evil Dead Beats for providing the tracks to my show and uh, I will plug them in as well on on the uh, description Uh, Evil Dead Beats you can find his YouTube page which I always plug in but that's the page where you can go to buy uh, his beats that he has for sale and uh, also uh, 
if you know if you like the the horror tracks that I put on here, check out his Bandcamp. Uh, he's under the artist Evil Dead, and check out his uh, Crips from the Beat album, and uh, or both albums are awesome actually. And then uh, Pit Lords on there as well. You can pick out their new album Seasonings in the Abyss on Bandcamp as well. Um, thinking off the top of my head, I don't really have any plans for next week per se. Uh, I I do have some things in the works. Uh, just gotta iron out some uh, details on when I'm gonna get guests back on. Uh, I've uh, been in talks to a couple people, so uh, future episodes with guests. Um, I'm gonna try to get some uh, solo episodes in there where I'll just be talking about specific movies. I think I might even uh, start doing some reviews of movies, just kind of like quick reviews. I did that on an episode a while back. Um, I might do something like that too and just kind of talk about some of the movies I've been watching. Um, but yeah, that's about it. Uh, yeah, I hope you guys enjoyed the episode and uh, stay tuned for the next one. And uh, here is an Evil Dead beat to end the episode on. Later, guys. <laughs>